0: Welcome to RISE, Healing from Childhood Sexual Abuse podcast. I am your host, Jessica Heil, registered psychologist and DBT-certified clinician. I am also a childhood sexual abuse survivor. In this podcast, I will offer information about childhood sexual abuse in order to provide you with knowledge on this difficult topic, as well as provide you with strategies and tips that you can access now in order to begin moving from surviving to thriving. Hi, everybody. Today we're going to talk about flashbacks. Not a pleasant experience to have to endure and is likely something that a lot of people listening to this podcast will have had the unfortunate experience of having to go through. I'm hoping to give you information about what is a flashback. It's a really strange phenomena to experience and so just hoping to give you some information on what exactly is happening when a flashback is occurring as well as give you some ideas of strategies you can try to hopefully get the distress down a little bit. This is I'm hoping this going to be educational for you. It might give you some ideas of things that you can try to do different. If you're listening to this and you're not connected with a therapist, I really would encourage that if you're experiencing things like flashbacks or other symptoms that you do consider going down that path just because sometimes it can be just an easier journey to have somebody by your side to help guide you and try out some of these strategies because therapy is well there's science behind therapy and at the same time sometimes i think of of it as a balance between kind of like a science and an art the science is there but the art is in how do you apply these things so that it actually works well for you as an individual person and that's what a therapist is supposed to be able to do is guide you to trying to determine what that path is going to look like okay flashbacks though What they are, they are memories of a past adverse experience that you have gone through. And flashbacks feel like they are occurring in the present moment, even though they are taking us back into memories of things that have happened sometimes very long ago. Sometimes it could be, you know, shorter period of times, and we can have flashbacks of things that just happened recently, but oftentimes it can be taking us back years, if not decades. It's our neural networks having connections. So if you think back on past episodes, when I talked about the neural networks or the trauma network, and how they tend to fire within themselves within that network, that's really what's happening when flashbacks are occurring is that our brain is just doing what brains do, which is forming connections and firing to different neurons and synapses and whatnot. And sometimes just remembering that can take a little bit of the distress down in itself because you realize, oh, this is just my brain doing the thing that it's supposed to. It's thinking, it's forming these connections. It doesn't mean that the thing that's happening in my memory is actually happening in real life. So we want to be able to start to separate from the, the flashback from reality as best as we can, even though I recognize it is very, very difficult to do that. Because in the moment with the flashback, you really feel like you're right back in that aversive experience. Flashbacks certainly can take the form of episodic memory. That's when we have, I think what what would be considered the conventional flashback, where all of a sudden, we can see the thing that was happening. We're right back in that situation And sometimes we can see it through our own eyes as if we're reliving it. And sometimes it's almost like having a bit of an out-of-body experience where we can look upon ourselves in that situation, but as if we're kind of like a third party. So we're watching ourselves be in the traumatic situation again, but we're not necessarily witnessing it through our own eyes. Both happen to people and um, some people experience both types and other people tend to experience one or the other. Those are episodic memory flashbacks, but there's other types of flashbacks too that I find don't often get spoken about, but sometimes they're, well, they're, they're all debilitating. Let's, let's just be real about that. They're all debilitating, but there's other types that can be quite debilitating to experience and just not, not a lot of data out there or information out there about these other forms of flashbacks. So what are they? We can have somatic flashbacks as well. Which means that all of a sudden, we are thrown into having this physiological experience that is very similar to the physiological experiences of the trauma. Uh, An example of this when it comes to abuse is that you may have flashbacks of pain or discomfort or sensations that occurred during the abuse on that particular part of the body that was being abused. And in reality, in the current moment, nothing's happening. There's no reason why you would be experiencing those particular physiological sensations, and yet they are occurring. So when that happens, then that could be a somatic memory or a somatic flashback that is showing up. We also can get emotional flashbacks, which is where it seems like all of a sudden because they can they can be quite sudden when flashbacks occur there's oftentimes not a lot of indication that they're about to happen all of a sudden we are just hit with this really big spike of emotion and it can seem like it's come out of thin air but it's it can't if it's a flashback it'll be the same emotions that you felt back then during the traumatic incidents So an example that I can share that I sometimes can suffer from is that back when the abuse was occurring for me, I would frequently get these really intense waves of shame or guilt. And I found that throughout my life since that period, I can sometimes experience those same waves, even though it doesn't really seem like there's anything going on that would make those particular emotions justified in that moment. So as best as I know, I'm not thinking about anything, nothing's happening. But all of a sudden, something occurs in my brain, and I am walloped with that emotion. And it's very quick. It's like a big, big wave. And that's why I would consider it to be a flashback is like, boom, it's there. And then it's gone just as fast. Flashbacks tend to be quite quick. They generally don't last for very long. Imagine it as just a big, big wave that comes suddenly, and then it recedes. And that'll be the case for emotional flashbacks, but also somatic flashbacks and episodic memory flashbacks. They're all relatively quick, but very, very, very debilitating when they occur. After the flashback, you're often left with a sense of overwhelm. You feel unsettled. It can be hard to get yourself back into reality. For some people, flashbacks can be so severe that they lose touch with reality for a second, and they're not really sure, are they in the current moment, or somehow they've been taken back into the past. So really intense things to be experiencing. Flashbacks are generally triggered by something, even though we don't necessarily know what that trigger is. Sometimes we know, like there's definitely times where you may find yourself in a situation that you're obviously relating with the events that occurred in the abuse. So examples of that might be if you see the perpetrator or you see a picture of them Clearly, this is very likely to induce some symptoms, and if you do suffer from flashbacks, then very likely this is going to bring on a flashback. Or things that would be other more obvious triggers might be like objects or situations that were present at the time of the abuse. In an earlier episode, I had shared with you that one of the times that the abuse occurred was when the perpetrator had taken me fishing. And now it's, it's tough for me to be around fishing. I generally find that if I'm around people who are fishing or I'm hearing about fishing or I myself are fishing, I'm likely to have a flashback at some point during that. So I just, I just know that about myself and knowledge is power because I know that this is something that will likely occur for me. I can be more prepared to experience something like those flashbacks and know exactly how it is that I'm going to cope with them when they come. Other triggers, however, are much less obvious, and, um, and they can really be anything. Common triggers that people can experience that do tend to be less obvious would be things like smells. We generally won't have a really like, explicit memory of the smells that remind us of the times that we were abused, but there are certain things that can just bring us right back without us even realizing that it's happening. So examples would be things like colognes or perfumes. We may not have a clear memory of like, oh, like that was the cologne that the perpetrator was wearing, but our body remembers, our brain remembers. And when one of those types of cues show up, we may experience symptoms such as a flashback. Other things that can be less obvious triggers could include things like the time of day, if the abuse tended tended to occur at a certain time of day, we might find ourselves with more flashbacks around that time of day. And it could also be figures of speech or different speech patterns, like ways that people speak. Um, an example of this is that there, I do have a memory of the perpetrator saying something really specific to me. And this thing is like seared in my memory. And whenever I hear somebody using one of the same words of what that perpetrator said, that specific word will get associated back to the trauma for me. And I generally will have a flashback, even though the word itself is quite neutral, right? So it's a neutral word that has now had a lot of um, association for me, and it's going to create symptoms for me. Okay, so something that might be helpful for everyone listening is start to pay attention to when you're having a flashback And really try to think, what might it have been that triggered me? Even if I'm not quite conscious that it happened, just really starting to play detective a bit and thinking, okay, what was just happening that may have brought that up? Because the more you know, the better you can be prepared. Okay, so I know when I hear that word, I am likely going to experience some sort of distress. And if I know that, then I can be prepared. I can be ready with coping strategies to tolerate the emotions that might come with a flashback or with associated memories. Um, what else? So flashbacks can be just, they really are overwhelming. They they can be debilitating. There's big, big emotions afterwards. It can make functioning hard if you're trying to recover after having flashbacks, especially if there's like multiple flashbacks in a really short period. And the, crum, the really crummy thing, I mean, again, all this is crummy, none of this is, is pleasant. But what's really crummy, too, is that flashbacks can make activities that are really supposed to be pleasant for us as humans very, very difficult. Another commonplace people have flashbacks who have endured some sort of abuse is that it makes it really difficult to experience sexual intimacy Because oftentimes that sexual intimacy will get paired with some sort of memories from the past. So you might be experiencing uh, flashbacks when trying to be intimate with somebody and it's tough, right? Because you want that intimacy, you want to be able to trust that person and be with that person. And yet you're having all these flashbacks. So just a, a really, really difficult situation to be in. So I'd like to give you some techniques that you can try when experiencing flashbacks in order to see if we can try to bring some of that distress down. First and foremost, I'd like you to try to remind yourself as quick as possible when the flashback occurs that it is a flashback and it's not real. Remind yourself about that. This is my brain doing what brains do. This is not happening in the current moment. We can use mindfulness techniques to really help ground ourselves back to the current moment recognizing when your mind is trying to pull you back into the past. So things like somatic mindfulness, I really like using our hands and our feet for mindfulness to ground ourselves, uh, especially as trauma survivors, because uh, generally, and this is not going to be the case for everybody, there's always exceptions, but generally our feet and our hands might feel like safer parts of our body where they really were not as involved in the trauma. Uh, And again, if that doesn't fit for you, that's okay. So this is not a a catch all phrase. Uh, But if that does fit, then what you could try to do when experiencing a flashback is just take your hands and run them against some sort of object beside you. Maybe it's like the fabric of the chair that you're sitting on, and really pay attention to how it feels on your fingertips. Just to try to ground you back in the present moment. Or one technique that I really like when it comes to flashbacks, it's gonna sound funny, but it works really well, is stamp your feet really hard. So if you're sitting in a chair, just give yourself a few really strong stamps back and forth. So stamp, 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 to the point where it kind of smarts a little bit in your ankles and your calves. And oftentimes that sensation will just draw you back into the present moment. It helps to shake off the. Flashback a little bit quicker. We want to do things with our brains to bring ourselves back into the present moment. So things like reminding yourself where you are. So things like this is I'm I'm here in my home right now. This is uh, you can say like the address that you're living at. Tell yourself what year it is because flashbacks make us feel like we're back there in the moment where the trauma occurred. So this is 2023. This is not you know whenever it happened. You can remind yourself you're safe. Right? I'm safe. I'm here with people who are safe. I'm here, here with people that I trust. I'm okay. We also, and this is this is a biggie and one that I say with a little bit of a cringe because I know it's something that no one wants to hear uh, or most people don't, but we want to try not to push the flashback away. We don't want to just shove it from our brains because flashbacks are kind of like boomerangs. The th- harder that we try to throw it away, the harder it's going to come back. Okay, it's almost like imagine like an elastic band, right? Like you stretch it and then boom, it comes back and, and it smacks us in the face. We want to instead approach the flashback, meaning don't ignore the fact that it's there. We don't want to hold on to it. But we want to acknowledge that it's happened. Okay, so instead of like, just pushing it away and saying, Nope, not going to think about that. Instead, what we can try to do is just say, Oh, like, hello, flashback, here you are again, right? Hello, old friend, And now I'm okay to move forward, right? I'm going to acknowledge it, hey, flashback, and then I'm going to go and try to do some of these mindfulness techniques and grounding techniques to try to get back in the present moment. It is definitely an approach that is used in all sorts of therapy. Think back on the exposure therapy that we talked about um, on things like EMDR. When we acknowledge the things that are causing us pain, they tend to come down. It's a bit of a paradox, that we want to not have this thing happen. But paradoxically, when we accept that it's happening by saying, okay, here you are again, actually sometimes that's the thing that causes them to decrease in frequency. With these techniques, they take time. We can't just expect to use them one time and have them be foolproof going forward. The more you practice, the better you'll get. So it's repetition and time and consistency The more you do it, the easier it'll become. The goal is not, however, to get rid of the flashbacks. Okay, and I know that would be a lovely thing. Most of us who've gone through trauma, we we won't get to a point where we never have another flashback. It's just in my experience has not been a realistic thing. However, what is realistic is gaining the confidence that you're able to tolerate the flashbacks when they occur, right? So I want you to feel like you've got this, you're in control, Regardless of whether flashbacks are happening, that would be the goal. And back to paradox paradoxically, when we have that feeling, then sometimes actually flashbacks will start to decrease. They'll decrease in intensity and they'll decrease in frequency. But if we set that up as the goal, sometimes that can lead us to not being able to succeed with it. We're so focused on not having another flashback that it ends up increasing the frequency of flashbacks. All right, so the goal is to learn how to tolerate and feel confident in your tolerating, not to decrease flashbacks. I hope this was helpful for everybody. If you have any feedback on these episodes, you're welcome to shoot me an email. My email is jheil at inner And as always, thank you for listening and I will see you next episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you found today's episode helpful, please go ahead and leave me a review, and you can also follow the show so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. For more information about me, you can check out my website, www.innersolutions.ca.